Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the 90 Day Fiance Rahapa podcast. We're here today, of course, to talk about season nine, episode seven. These couples are doing the most. They are the worst of the people. But that means it's time to hop aboard the Hot Mess Express, of course, and dissect every little bit of nonsense we see. I am, of course, your host and conductor, who is Ann Vakili, ready here to go once again. And this week, I've got a special guest with me. He is, of course, you may have heard his work on various projects. He is a co-host of the Married at First Sight wrap up on this very network, the Reality TV wrap ups. It is the one and only Jason Reed. Jason, how are you doing? Oh, yeah, I'm doing good. I got all of my emotional baggage ready to hop aboard the Express uh, to talk about these nonsense, nutty people. They really are. And they do bring a lot of baggage. So I'm glad you came up with the baggage. We've got plenty of room to check it in. So you're good. No overages to pay there, man. Let's just dive on in. And how about today? Let's start it off with Kara and Guillermo. So one thing I want to bring up right out the gate is that in my notes from the first episode, when I had Liana on, Liana said, hey, we need to watch out for these balloons. I said, okay, Balloon Watch 2K22, we'll keep an eye. Six episodes went by, we got nothing. And then this week, we start off with them, and my oh my, the Balloon Watch is back, because Kara is working on her uh, high school reunion uh, setup. So they've, she, I guess she's been commissioned to do a uh, balloon installation. She calls it an installation. So she's doing the, the arrangement for the balloons at this, um, reunion and she's bringing out Guillermo with her to go to the venue and set that up. And already you can tell this is going to be some nonsense because she is not listening to Guillermo whatsoever. So like at first I was like, I was like, Guillermo, calm down, bro. Like you are not the balloon guy. Kara is the balloon pro here. But then I saw the finished product and I was like, mm, maybe you should listen to Guillermo a little bit. 
Because yeah. that, that was like a hot mess of balloons. I don't know what you were going for, but it's just like a smattering of balloons everywhere. Yeah, he, you know, she, her whole thing was she very much cares about this arrangement. She wants people to see it. And like, she knows that she, she's coming to this reunion. She doesn't want people to go, oh, the balloon girl. Like, that's that's who you are now. She wanted to knock it out of the park which I completely understood. And when Guillermo was giving advice, she was very much like not paying attention to him, ignoring him to the point where he was like, are you just, you're just ignoring me? He's like, yeah, that definitely that like, I'm not listening. He was very rude, but then I thought he had some good ideas. He wanted it to be like, okay, a little bit of white, green, white, green, you know, kind of do levels to it. But this felt like it was like, White, 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 one green, two green, white, white, white. Like, there was no scheme to the balloon arrangement, it looked like. Yeah, Gary was like, maybe you should put like a pattern, maybe you should make it look like you actually put some effort into it and not just like threw a bunch of balloons on top of each other and like threw some like silver stars randomly all over <laughs> the place. I was like, you know, I, you know, like I said, I was like, Guillermo, like she's done this a bunch of times. I don't think you're the pro here. Like, let Kara do her thing. She is the, the person. But I was like, mm, Guillermo definitely had a point. You, you should have maybe listened because I don't know what this is. But if I'm walking into this party, I'm like, okay, someone just threw up some balloons. I wouldn't even think like someone hired a professional person to do this. Yeah, it, it definitely felt very much like, you know, what she wanted. I don't think she ultimately got, but also low key, I don't think anyone was going to give her mess about it. No one was going to come up to her and say, hey, these are not, this is not good. Who did these? This is a bad job. I don't think that was ever going to happen, but this feeds more into the issue, the overarching issue with the two of them, where Guillermo feels like he has no say in the relationship. Kara feels like I, you know, I know better. It's my way. No laptop. We're not doing that. I will drink when I want to drink and I will not listen to you when it comes to balloons. I am the balloon expert. You are the balloon novice. Just get these balloons blown up, but also not too big. That's that's what you're here for. And obviously, I kind of understood where Guillermo was coming from when all things said were, uh, were said and done, because he mentions that he feels like she's being aggressive a little bit at moments. And in that moment with the balloons and stuff, her tone was very harsh towards him throughout the whole thing. Yeah, I mean, it, it felt like she was like putting him aside, like he was a little child, like, okay, yeah, whatever, bye. Uh, and it was like, but you know, Guillermo has to know that this is who he is marrying. Like, they are actually one of the couples that have more like relationship experience than the others. So it's like, you kind of already knew this, Guillermo, but he, you're now when we're into the 90 day process asking her to change this about herself. And she kind of says, like, well, this is just me. Like, if you can't accept that, then I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about this on multiple seasons. This season, it's all about the compromise when it comes to relationships. And and with these two, I feel like they're battling for the compromise, which is not going to pan out. However, this whole thing is happening because of this high school reunion. So it is time to get to the high school reunion. Now, we learn that Kara's high school, uh, I guess, resume includes uh, she was the treasurer. She was the homecoming queen. She was the cheerleader. So she said, you know, kind of a typical what you would see in the movies type thing. I was like, yep, you got all of the achievements unlocked pretty much. She has a, uh, she was dating this one guy. He's like sporty guy for a couple of years in high school. And he's the guy that she got homecoming queen and king with. And he's going to be at this reunion. Now, I didn't think much of it. I didn't think a lot was going to happen. But when I saw this ex-boyfriend, I 100% knew this was going to be 
just as ridiculous as it was as I had expected. First of all, my first thought, what I wrote in my notes is ex-boyfriend Chris showing up like he's working 21 Jump Street. I was like, what are you wearing? <laughs> um, so, I mean, yeah, like, go for in it. The, in the preview of this season, I saw this guy and I was like, oh, wow, this is going to be fantastic. But I, didn't, I couldn't have imagined what this would be. I had to stop like multiple times in the movie just dying laughing and then it started again it seemed like somebody gave this guy like a double feature of like malibu's most wanted and eight mile and then he was just like i'm just going to base my personality on these two movies that i've seen and then he just went for it from there yeah his real name's clarence (laughs) what are you what are you doing so that's the thing is that my first thought was that and then when the she and she starts talking to him we learned that Oh, he used to be a jock, used to be sporty, and now he is a rapper. I was like, oh, okay, so he's a rapper. Okay, got you. But then it was interesting because Kara's talking to him, talking to Chris, away from Guillermo. Guillermo's at another table with like this couple that he's not even talking to. So he's just silently sitting. Yeah. I found it so weird that she has just like left him alone at this high school reunion where he knows no one there. And I was just like, why is he apart from her? He's like, if I was, if I was Guillermo, if I was Kara, I'd be like making sure that like Guillermo stuck close to me, like, cause he doesn't know anyone. He's new to the country. So like, I don't want to leave him out there all alone. Yeah. And that's the thing is that part of it felt like he was fine being alone. But then the other part of me was like, he's looking at her like he wants to go talk to her. But is she just, doing her own thing she's not inviting him over i don't know the case but ultimately when they're having this conversation uh kara and the ex chris this line comes up and i did pull the clip because it was too good not to share with everyone you're still looking good though bro thank you you're still looking good there bro <laughs> why are you broing at her i don't get that yeah, he's definitely watched too many movies and too many TV shows uh, about black culture, and now he's appropriating it. Uh, and just that, just yeah, like like you said, he's calling her bro. It's like, and he's like my queen, and it was cringy the whole way through. But it was a nice cringy. Like I love this kind of cringy nonsense. I could just laugh and <laughs> laugh and laugh at, and like be happy that I'm not in the situation. If I'm Guillermo and I come over there and I'm talking to this guy, like I know I have 90 day cameras, but I'm also looking for like punked cameras. Like this is a joke, right? Like this is not a real person. Like y'all have made this person up for this scenario, right? Well, that's the thing he was uh, when, when he was asked about it in his confessional, he mentions, you know, the ex isn't afraid to show his colors. And it's like, it's like a very strong personality coming. I was like, yeah, he's doing a lot, definitely doing a lot here. Um, what did you think of Kara? So when Kara showed her, uh, tattoo. So they were talking about Guillermo and uh, Chris was like, do you think he's going to have a problem with you talking? He's like, no, 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 I don't care. Like, it's going to be completely fine. Look at this tattoo I have on my finger. It says not fussed. That means I don't give an F. I do whatever I want to do. I was like, is that not fussed? Is that a I, I've never heard anyone say not fussed to swap out like I don't give an F. I feel like I don't give an F hits harder. Yeah, you could have come up with a thousand other phrases to mean that same thing. And not fuss, like I would look at this not fuss tattoo and be like, so what, what does this mean? You're not a fussy person, like you were a fussy child as a baby. What is what is this? What does no not fuss mean? Because that's not a it's not a normal parlance in our like vernacular. I don't know what not fuss means. Yeah, I feel like there's levels to it, right? I don't give an F is like top of the food chain. You do not care about the opinion. Like it's it's stronger. Then after that, maybe it is 
your opinion doesn't matter. Like, I feel like there's levels. Fussy, the word fussy never gives me that same impact. I feel like it has a child's connotation, like a little baby. Like, this baby is fussy. Like, that's yeah. what, like, that's like what if, I would like, like connect fussy to. Yeah, if Coben's crying, I'm like, oh, Coben's being fussy. Like, that's what's right. happening. You know what I mean? Like, this is not what I thought it would be for Kara. But listen, she's got this tattoo. She mentions this a little bit faded. I feel like I saw more of these when I was going to university about 10 years ago. I don't see the finger tattoo as much being like a feature or a, I'm getting a tattoo here. I don't know if it's like I've got phased out or people moved on to other parts, but that's just my observation on the finger tattoo. But anyway, Guillermo comes over and Chris starts asking Guillermo some questions because he's trying to get to know Guillermo a little bit, trying to figure out where he's at. But then also Guillermo starts asking some questions. So the main thing that happens here, Guillermo asks Chris, why did you two end up breaking up? Jason, what did Chris respond to this? Well, I mean, Chris goes like in the, in the whole story, like, so look, 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 right, right. I was over her house, right? Like just chilling or whatever, right? I was on, on break from college. Like he's he's got this whole like, this connotation that is not as as a black man that I wasn't very you know happy with, but he basically tells a story. He went over to her house, found some nasty text messages, and basically showed them to her. And then Kara's like, "I don't even remember that. Like, I just I have no memory of that." And it was funny. Like after this gets revealed to Guillermo, like Guillermo and Chris kind of like team up against Kara. Like, what what were you doing? Why would you do that? Yeah, it's interesting. So. What happens is Chris was visiting Kara from college on his break and he saw that her phone got, she got a text and she was asleep. The text read something along the lines of, I had a great time with you. It was a great kiss. And he woke her up and said, what is this message? And Kara completely plays it like, Oh, I don't even remember this. And then later, like you said, mentions, Oh, I completely forgot about that. I didn't like, you know, that was 10 years ago. I don't remember. I'm sorry. You would remember why you broke up if it's for sure. like for sure. And this is someone who was your like high school sweetheart. You will remember why it ended. And Especially if you found out in that particular way, like you were asleep, somebody confronted you about a text message on your phone. You would remember that. Yeah, because it would be part of one of the what's like one of the most gut wrenching moments you've had. Oh, I was like deep sleep. And then I suddenly woke up to my ex holding my phone in front of me saying, who is the, what is this message about? And it was a message from me kissing someone where did she say it was massage school? I think it was massage. Yeah. Yeah. She said, uh, Oh yeah, I did kiss the guy at massage school. I think I remember that. But like, so this tells me like a couple of things. Like if you, if you really don't remember the situation, this tells me you may have had many of these situations and you just forgot this particular one, which is bad. And then if you also like are lying to me, like that's bad too, because you're lying. Like, Either way, this is not a good thing for you to say. Like, oh, yeah, I totally forgot about that. Yeah, and Guillermo picks up on this, and he will have a conversation with her later, which we'll get into asking her more about that situation. So we talked about them teaming up. The next thing Chris says is, yeah, one of the other things, man, she was very controlling, bro. Like, is she, it was always me, me, like, I'm doing this, I'm doing, so how is she with you now? (laughs) Guillermo takes a pause, and he goes, you know, yeah, I would say she's she's kind of like that. And then Chris said, listen, when it comes, when the time comes, if she does this to you again, you got to say no, because I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to lie to you in front of her. You have to say no. I'm not going to lie to you. Kara's controlling. And if this was a pattern from 10 years ago that she was controlling, that pattern's very much still present 10 years later, maybe in a more mature form, but it's still there. That heavy handedness, the I'm going to tip the scale. We're going to do it my way is still present. And we've been seeing little examples of it throughout the episodes. 
But I feel like hearing it from an ex, hearing it from Chris, even though this was a relationship from when she was like, what, 17, 18 in high school, Guillermo's feeling that like, oh, yeah, that's still here. Yeah, I mean, earlier earlier in the episode, Carrie even says like, well, I haven't really changed my core values a lot since, you know, since I was 18, which is also a bright red flag. Like you're almost 30 and you haven't like changed any of your core beliefs or values since you were 18. I remember when I was like 18 and uh, I've definitely changed a lot since then. Uh, when oh, I was, my when I was God. 30. Yeah, I mean, I so I moved to Canada at 19 thinking I've got everything figured out by 21. I was like, I figured nothing out. And then by 23, I was like, all right, I'm a wake and bake guy. We're going to hang out. Life is good. And then I got to 25, 27. I was like, yeah, I can't do this anymore. Like this was not feasible for me. And I feel like I've been, I'm a different person now at 30 than I was at 27. than I was at 25. than I was at 20. I've like, you know, that's like your formative years. That's where you really figure out who you are. So if Kara's been like, I'm good. This is me. <laughs> that yeah. is, you need growth. Like growth happens through every year in your twenties. So, and she's, she's 29. She's 29. He's 23. I think Do I have that right. Uh, yeah, that's correct. Yeah. So there has to have been more, but also I'm not going to like judge her off of this one clip. Cause like maybe there's more that we haven't seen. We'll right. get to it. But when she herself says that, that is indeed a red flag. Okay. So then. Uh, the next scene we see, obviously the reunion's over, but they have to go back to the venue to pop all the balloons. They you know, take it down. You got to pop the balloons. So as they're doing all this, afterwards they sit down and Guillermo starts talking about bringing up like, yeah, I wasn't happy to hear that you cheated on someone. That made me very upset. And how many times have you cheated? Uh, uh, you know, in your past. And she thinks goes hmm. Maybe twice. She's so nonchalantly is like, oh, maybe twice. Like maybe it could, it could have been twice. It could have been a lot more than twice. And maybe twice. Yeah, just it's just casual twice, two times it's happened. So this doesn't give Guillermo the hope he you know has for this relationship because I feel like already some of the foundation was getting rocky with the control and everything. But then to hear this stuff, I feel like it puts Guillermo in a spot where he's you know, obviously a little bit insecure in their relationship. Cause like, if it's happened, if it's a pattern, then how am I supposed to feel? And also if I'm seeing stuff that I'm being described, you did at 19, as far as like being controlling, and then it's still the same. Now what's to say, this isn't the same as well. So there's definitely some uh, uncertainty coming from Guillermo's side, but then through this conversation, she realized she learns, Oh, so you, I should be listening to you more and like pay attention because in confessional, Jason, she tells him in front of uh, she tells us in front of him that, yeah, sometimes, you know, I might not really care about what's being said and it'll go in one ear and come out the other. You know how bad that is to hear if I felt like I'm wasting my time talking to someone like when I use my words, I'm using my words when I'm speaking, I'm putting all my thought behind it. So to feel like someone's completely disregarding it by not even paying attention pretty insulting and for her to say like what you're saying just has no value so i just put it out of my mind that's like like you said that's a bad thing here and for these two out of all of our other couples it seems like they're going through like they're going through a lot of like therapy in the confessional room because not just in this episode but in just about every episode they're talking together in the confessionals and they're like really having it out in these conversations not just like pre-planned pre-scripted like things they're going to say in this confessional they're actually talking out some of their issues in these confessionals yeah i just i feel like it's one of those things where 
Um, Guillermo's 23. So he, we just talked about how I've like, I've gone through a lot of growth in my twenties. You've gone through growth in your twenties. Guillermo's still like yet to figure himself out, but I feel like that compounded with um, maybe Kara being a little bit more settled in who she is and how she wants to lead her life is causing clashes that is making them treat this like a, a couple's counseling room when they're talking to us, which to me gives me some hope because they're actively addressing stuff. But Kara also has said that, you know, it's come out one in one year out the other before. So we'll see if that changes. She says, you know, I'll try to listen more. And he says, yeah, don't just say it. I want to see it in the action. It's important for me to see it in the actions. That is something I need to see. Um, And then she does tell him as well that she feels like he's trying to change parts of her. And he says, no, I just want to be hurt. I want to be contributing to the relationship. I want it to be a relationship where we're both involved in. And and that can happen if you have your guard up and you are refusing to hear me out. Yeah. I mean, so like a little bit of a spoiler alert on how I feel about them. I feel like these two are one of the, or one of the stronger couples we have this season. Mm-hmm. And it's like, these are issues that come up even when you've been married for a number of years, like, Oh you, yeah. You'll still get these issues. Like, I don't think you listen to me enough. And it's, it's, they're really dramatizing this whole, like, uh, I cheated twice when I was 17, 18 type of thing. I don't think it's that big of an issue. Now, right. Listening, of course, is always going to be an issue. It's always an issue in couples. But I think these two are go- are, are strong, going to make it in the long haul. I did want to say about the balloon popping. Uh, I don't want to be anywhere near Kara where she's popping balloons for her display because she was hacking at these things. I don't want to be anywhere close because <laughs> she might stab an artery and I might be bleeding out. Well, that's the thing. Were they using? They were using like screwdrivers to do it, but it wasn't like, like a sharp or something. Like just these these like murderers' weapons, and I was like, okay, yeah. this may not be the best <laughs> way to do this. Like I pop balloons by like putting my thumbs in them and like just popping them, but yes. I don't know why they felt they need to literally murder these balloons. Oh, and then when when they were setting up the thing, and they were uh, had these unused balloons, and Guillermo was like, why don't we just give them to kids in the street? I was I was kind of with Kara. I was like, okay. Uh, it's not that easy to find kids on the street here. Like we'd have to go like to certain neighborhoods and we're not doing that today. So I don't know what you want to do here. Yeah. It was like, you know, it's a nice sweet gesture from, from little baby Guillermo. I know he doesn't, he's not going to love that, but I'm not the baby. Okay. Yeah, no, definitely not to clarify. Um, it was like, you know, I can see where his heart is at, but also if they don't have time and they have to come back to this reunion anyway, they're not going to be able to like, you know, go around and Hey kids, would you like this balloon? Like no, no parents are going to be like, yeah, take the balloon. Like take this. Like, I don't know why they're handing out balloons is a weird choice, but I think ultimately it's like you, we just don't have the time. And that's simple as, um, one other thing that I wanted to bring up with, with what something Kara said in the conversation here was that she mentions, I feel like part of me feels like we're good as a couple because we're not the same. Like we're different. And obviously the you've, people have heard of the term opposites attract. I think there's certain. Uh, truth to that where you know you need all the elements when you're in a relationship and if one partner has like three of them the other has three of them that's good because you're going to help each other out in parts that maybe one of you has a little bit of a weakness in but I feel like Kara was almost using that to be like so it's good that I'm my way you're your way so we shouldn't change anything no you are each your own way. That's good. But use that to become better. You know, the um, the two plus two equals five of it all. You need that synergy. And I feel like that's where Guillermo might be looking at coming from. So we'll see where they go from here. But I also agree with you. I think ultimately 
we talked about this at the beginning of the season. There's not a lot of drama here with these two. I feel like they'll figure it out. They're young. They're in this relationship. They're both like, yeah, yeah they're, they'll figure it out. I feel like they're going to be fine. Yeah, I think Guillermo, for his part, like as a as someone who is who is 23, but it seems like he's gone through a, a, a good amount in his life. He seems like really mature for his age, whereas mm-hmm. Karen seems a little immature for her age. So I think in that way, they may balance themselves out a little bit. But like you said, I, I don't think Kara was getting across what she wanted to get across by saying, well, I'm unstable and you're more stable. So we fit perfectly together. No, girl, like you still got to get a little more stable. That's not, it's not that type of opposites attract. Like, yeah, you have to grow up a little bit to make this work. Yeah, it's like you're outgoing. He's a little bit more reserved together. You can find a middle where he's going to come out of his shell more and you can be brought back down to earth sometimes if you're like, you know on a different level than him. Like that's more of what we're thinking here. I will say next time on a uh, bye week, Karen Guillermo not going to be back. So again, that gives you all you need to know is that they're one of the couples that's likely to get more swapped out this season in the rotation than others. Yeah. hundred percent. I, I don't think we're going to get any big fireworks uh, from this couple, you know, for the whole season, but uh, you know, I'm interested to see where they go. Yeah. I'm rooting for them. You know, they're, they're I'm rooting for the, for these two. Hopefully they can figure stuff out. All right. Jason, let's take a quick break. When we get back, we will dive in and talk about the next couple here. And that's going to be Bilal and Shida. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mm -hmm. What flavor are you holding? Now open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. All right. So we're going to talk about Jason, the number one prankster on 90 Day Fiance and poor old Shida that has to deal with said pranks. This past couple weeks has been rough with them because, you know, the last time we spoke about them, that we had the entire exchange with the first Juma prayer and, you know, the, the awkwardness there, the 10 stuff, the you are violent and you you put your hands on me versus it was a playful thing. The lectures, it was a lot. This episode. Not a lot. They really got almost nothing. The one thing they got, they showed us in the preview, and that was the gondola ride that they took on, you know, on their night out. Yeah. So, you know, I, I concur with everyone else that's been on the show, that's been online, that's ever seen the show. Law is a joke, and he, you know, shouldn't be anywhere near women at this point. He is, you know, misogynistic. 
he's an asshole. He's awful. Uh, I was happy to get only a little bit of content from them this episode. And even that content, he couldn't, you know, he couldn't really say things the right way. And he just still came off as a jerk, even given like five minutes of content. He he doesn't have to try a lot to get there. You know what I mean? It's very weird. It's almost a, it was almost an art the way he does it, the way he's the worst in every scene he's in. So um, they are 81 days uh, to the wedding. So they're nine days into the relationship now together. And, you know, they're out on a date night. They seem to be happy. Everything's good. Uh, he's twirling her in the street. They're having a good time. They walk by these gondolas and Shada says, this is pretty nice. We should probably do this someday. This will be good. And he says, well, speaking of someday, how about right now? We're going to do it right now. So they get in this gondola and they start talking about a very deep conversation out the gate, which is Shaida opens up and says, you know, there was a time in my life where I just I didn't think I was going to find love. I didn't think I was going to be happy with someone in my life. And, you know, I felt lonely. And these are some of the things I've prayed for is to find love and to be happy. And quite frankly, I feel like, oh, actually, I shouldn't go there yet. Then Bilal opens up and says, yeah, marriage is something I've wanted since I was 10. And then I thought maybe marriage isn't going to be in my card. So they both have this shared experience where they really had, they went through a time where they thought, yeah, I don't know if marriage is going to end up being in my cards or a relationship, long-term relationship is going to be in my cards because I don't know if I'm going to find love. I've definitely gone through this. I definitely, you know, there was a part of my 20s while I was developing. I was like, you know, I really want this, but I don't know if I'm going to get this. And that's kind of when I ended up taking my foot off the gas of like trying. I was like, I just don't know if it's going to come for me. Uh, ultimately, Shaida opens up to Bilal and says, you know, when you meet the right person, that changes everything completely. And you're the right person for me. One hundred percent. Bilal's like one hundred and ten percent, like one hundred and ten percent. And Bilal replies, that's good to know. Yeah, that's good, good for you, know. bro. Good for you. Like, I'm sorry. Is it, is this not the moment where you say big same? He just, and that's not even a romantic to say big same, but if he said big same, he would have been fine. He said, that's good to know. And then they had an awkward silence and I wanted to jump off the gondola, even though I was sitting in my room. Yeah. The word gondola triggers me anyway, because this season on Married at First Sight, we had a couple go on a gondola ride and they kept calling it different things like a gondola, oh, no. a gondola. So that triggered me, you know, first of all. So I was like, Oh no, 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 the gondola ride. Um, but yeah, this, this, I found this conversation interesting where both they both said they were nervous about not finding love as you know, Bilal himself has been married, uh, for a number of years before and Shida was engaged and called it off. So like, I guess they at one point thought they found love. And then after that was just like, nope, not going to happen anymore. Yeah. So it just got weird. So he doesn't really respond back with a, you know, he opened up after she opened up. I really thought he was going to take this moment and be like, you know, I feel the same way. No, he just said, that's good to know. And then Shaida takes the pause and says, you know what? I'm going to bring up something else. Now I do want to have kids. You are on a gondola, sir. You cannot evade me now. We're on a body of water. You cannot escape. I want kids. So we're going to have this conversation begin. But Jason, I really felt like we'd maybe get a resolve here or something. We got a whole lot of nothing out of this conversation. Well, I think that this is going to be the crux of their relationship for the whole like season. So we couldn't get it. We couldn't get the whole resolution right now. Um, I did think it was interesting that she said, you know, I know that I told you I didn't want kids, but you know, since I met you, I felt like you're the one. So I, you know, I do want kids actually. Uh, 
I thought that was an interesting phrase from her and something I don't think we'd heard before. Yeah, I it's so yeah, Bilal pretty much starts angling this from a direction of, well, you know, we were actually physically together for a week before this. So we need to use this time to get to know each other better. That's what we need to focus on. Um, and then he also mentions the line, which I think is valid of once you find love, you have to you ha- and you have it. You have to work even harder to maintain it, which I 100 percent subscribe to. I think, you know, any relationship you have to put in the work every single day for it however um i felt like that he doesn't really give her the answer she's look or the resolve she's looking for and i you know part of it is true maybe this isn't something that we're going to get a quick resolve on on a gondola ride but he tells us that you know going through divorce was hard the first time and his biggest fear is to get married get divorced again but then also have kids in the divorce like he doesn't want to go through that again of you know and i'm you know it must be difficult shared custody of kids uh three days this home three days that it's hard on the kids it's hard on the parents so for sure i understand where he's coming from there um similarly to another couple this season who was it this season that said i don't remember but they said something along the lines of oh it was patrick patrick and thais where patrick says i you know i don't want to have john leave and then I have this house with uh, Thais, but then we get separated and then I'm alone again. So it's, right. a, it's, you know, it's like something that you've experienced that's heavy on you that you just, it's going to be hard for you to overcome and try again because you've been burned once. You don't want it to happen to you again. So I fully get that. But he told that to us and he didn't tell that to Shaida. So like, there's a level of doubt that he has still mm-hmm. in the relationship, which he says, you know, we've only spent seven days together physically. Well, you should have thought about that before you brought her over here to marry her. Maybe you should have tried to spend more time together as a boyfriend and girlfriend before changing her whole life and bring her over to another country because she's sure and everything we've heard from her is that she is positive that she wants to be with this man for whatever reason she finds that she wants to be with this particular person. But he is now expressing doubt. Uh, you know, like you said, to us, but not to her. And I do understand what he's saying as in, you know, that's a lot to get married yeah. and have a kid and then for it to, uh, to end. But that's what bring her over here is supposed to say. Like, it's supposed to say, I am positive that I want to be married to you, that I want to be in this whole life with you. Not, be, you know, you're not supposed to wonder Thank that you. when you bring her over here. Uh, so if you're not ready enough to bring a kid into the marriage, you're probably not ready to be married, period. Yeah, and 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 this is going to be like you said the overarching issue for the two of them. We're lo- the days of the prank are long gone at this point. What the f- main focus is, she wants a future where kids are on the table, and he is a lot more hesitant to put that option on the table. And I think we've heard from both of them at this point that they've, they if they do not agree on this, it's going to be an issue, and they might not get married. So this alone is why they're potentially a couple. I have some doubts in as far as being long lasting the next time on shows uh Bilal wanting to you know telling Shaida that you know we got to learn more about our religion and we've always got to study up on it but she mentions well I don't want to get lectured and I feel like you lecture me all the time and that is another issue that we've seen in this relationship that's probably that's more of a compatibility issue whereas the baby thing is really a long term big life changing event that would impact their futures and how they envision it. If Shaida has been envisioning having her own children, 
and Bilal has already gone through that and doesn't want to go through that again. Yeah, that's going to put an end to things for sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy that Shade is in a place where she can talk to him about these things like the lecturing because uh, it felt like she was really like kind of, uh, you know, shy and like didn't really want to bring up all these things to him at first. But now she's like, listen, I don't want to hear you lecture me 24 seven anymore like that. That crap's got to stop. I'm glad she's at a place where she can really express that to him. She need, yeah, I'm very happy for her as well because it's not easy. It was not bit, it's not easy for us watching it. Imagine us being on the receiving end of it. It's, it's no, it's big no. Um, sure his kids are going to run there and be like, yeah, stop lecturing us too. Yeah. How about while we're on this lecturing train, how about the rest of us also tell you to stop doing this because you do it a lot? It just turns into an intervention. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I think that's everything we've got on Bilal and Shaida, unless you have anything else, Jason, you want to put in there. Uh, no, I think we're good with them. We got, like you said, we got a short, uh, short, short, short segment from them. Uh, kind of thankfully, I was like, oh, good. We're only, only a few minutes of this jackass. Yeah. Yeah. We can swiftly move on now over to a couple which did have a bye week last week, but are back here today. And that is Emily and Kobe. So last time we saw Emily and Kobe, Emily and Coben were in bed at night. Kobe was there with them. Coben was being maybe a little fussy, as as Kara would put it, and Emily relegated Kobe, Kobe to a second bedroom in the basement where he will sleep alone. And we've already shared our thoughts on how we didn't like that that happened, but it's the next day. So they go over to the room to wake Kobe up, and this might have been the best they were during this episode because this couple... I already know I'm going to have I'm going to have a lot of negative feelings about about their journey. It's it's making I'm having such a tough time with it, Jason. You have no idea. <laughs> Listen, I call these two Ari and Benny 2.0. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm kind of surprised that we have them and Ari and Benny in the same season because it just gives me tones of Ari and Benny, you know, in this couple, too. Well, that's the thing, right, is that um, in this couple, we have learned very quickly that her whole family has said this, that Emily rules the roost. Emily is in charge. We do what Emily wants to do. And, you know, the, the Kobe had talked about before that he wants to have a little bit more say and he wants to have a little bit more control. But this episode really, really highlighted just how different the two of them are and the dynamics are. So, Obviously, for the last to, to give the recap for the last 17 months, Emily has been raising Coben solo because Kobe could not come to the U.S. He was waiting on his visa with the pandemic. We've talked about this. The, there were a lot of delays in this kind of process. Finally, he's here. But Emily is not giving him the open arms of, hey, welcome. We are now co-parents. It comes off that, hey, I know what I'm doing. You need to listen to what I'm saying. Step aside. And when when I need you, I'll let you know. And Kobe just wants to, you know, raise his son. Like Kobe's just here to ra help raise Coben and start their marriage. And I feel like they're not at the same place right now. Yeah, Kobe is so dutiful to Coben. It's it's so wonderful to see. Um, and it's it's crazy that Emily is just not letting him in whatsoever. And she references like not letting him in sleep in the same bed. And then later when they're driving, she's like, Well, I don't know when that's gonna happen. Like, so I'm never gonna be able to like sleep in the bed with either my wife or like my wife and my kid. Like, that's weird. It's, I mean, it's, it's a big, and the thing is, uh, Kobe had mentioned last time that 
you know, this is something we had talked about. And I said, if, if we have to, can we please get a bigger bet so that we can make this happen? But the bigger bet's not there. And if you don't know how many, how long, how many months it'll take, like that's difficult for someone to wrap their head around for sure. But now th- she decides like today I'm going to take uh, Kobe around uh, Salina. Is that, am I pronouncing that right? Was it Salina? Yeah, Salina, Kansas. Yeah. Nailed it. Um, she would take him around Salina, show him, show him the, the city. You mentioned Ari and Binium 2.0. They literally did this last week where yeah. <laughs> she took him around the Princeton area and showed him around. They're doing the same thing here, but we get to the car and Kobe says, listen, how about you let me drive because I'm a much better driver than you. Immediately, I was like, all right, Kobe, you approach this the wrong way. Yeah. If you said, I would like to drive, it's, I, I, I want to be the one behind the wheel. That's a different vibe than you're not good. Let me show you what a good driver does. Because I feel like that put Emily's guards all the way up. And then Emily said, no, I do not trust you to drive with Coben in the car. That is not happening. I refuse. And I thought Kobe's argument of, well, you know, here all the roads are wide. There's a lot more room. So I've driven a lot smaller roads. So I'll be able to do this just fine. We talked about this last week where I don't know if, if his driver's license is valid here or if he has to convert it. So maybe from that angle, I was like, no, but the way Emily phrased it was, no, I do not trust you to drive Kobe with Coben in the car at all, which I didn't love. But so I was a little bit on Emily's side to begin with. Until mm-hmm. she started getting like mad crazy. Like she was like, I don't know if I want you to drive with Kobe in the car. This is your first time driving in America. And whereas Kobe was like, you guys have such wide roads and you guys can do anything you want on the road. I was like, oh, that's not exactly true. Like, so if I was Emily, I'd also be like, I kind of want to see how you drive like first in America without Kobe in the car. I kind of got where she's coming with that. But then when she started going with the, you know, this is my car, not our car. That was where I was like, oh, you, see, now you're wrong. <laughs> now now you're wrong because you're getting married to this man. So what is yours is his. What's his is now yours. You should get mm-hmm. used to that. Yeah, so I'm looking at a, I, I'm looking at this website right now, and it says all U.S. states recognize foreign driver's licenses. In most cases, your license will be valid for up to four months after the date you enter the U.S. So he could drive. He could definitely drive. Um, they do also say consult the DMV in the state where you wish to drive to confirm the length of validity and the rules for driving with a foreign driver, like a foreign driver's license. And then your foreign license is valid if accompanied by your international passport. So he could drive. He very much could drive. He but, could, but we're not sure exactly what the differences are between like, I don't know, driving where he's used to driving and driving here. Like, well, right. Know, you know, it, it's, a, there is a slight difference, if any difference at all. For sure. Because so I would like to see him like driving maybe without the kid in the back. Like, yeah, I would like to see that, but she went about it the wrong way. Everyone here I agree. went about this the wrong way. I think everyone, you know, had their heart in the right place, but delivered it in the worst way possible. I really do. Um, cause I can tell you this in Dubai and, and I might be wrong here, but in Dubai, you couldn't turn right on a red at all. When I moved to Canada, I learned, oh, you can turn right on a red. That is a thing that happens here. So just little differences like that could make all the difference. So from that angle, I'm also happy now, all things considered, that they didn't go through with this. But I think both combined him saying, I'm a better driver than you, so I should drive. Didn't love that. And then the way she approached it as well, didn't love that. We move. They're in the car. They're going around Salina. He is seeing stuff. He, you know, he asks, um, 
you know, are there clubs? You're like, what's going on here? What's the situation? Is there nightlife? Is there clubs? Like, no, there's some bars. And, you know, that's our coffee shop. That's where we get coffee. And Kobe has a confession that was pretty funny. He's like, uh, you know, is this really America? Like, I, you know, you hear about New York. You hear about Miami. What What is this? And I feel like this is what happens when you do not give your partner potentially the, hey, look up Salina. Get familiar with what's around you. you understand what kind of city you're coming into. Because I think even that wouldn't do it justice. But when you're coming in ready to compare it to New York, of course, it's not going to be the same. Of course, it's going to be way different. Yeah, man, this is this is Kansas. There ain't nothing here. And sorry to all of this like from Kansas. Um, but like, you know, people a lot of times they glamorize America before they come over to America in these type of situations. It's like, nope, uh, for the majority of the country, there's like nothing here. There's a lot of hotspot cities you can go to. But other than that, it's like, you know, a small town in a lot of, a lot of the country. Yeah. And we, and we missed this from earlier, but before they started to get, talk about the car and like start considering doing the tour, there was a scene where Kobe was trying to change Coben's diaper and Emily from like two feet away was yelling out like, no, you can't do it like this. You got to have all the stuff ready. And Kobe's just, you know, trying to do it on his own, trying to show that he can do it. And this is just a glimpse into what happens the rest of this episode. But I, and like, I don't have a child, so I can't really speak on this with full chest, with full confidence, but I felt like he was trying to figure it out. And if anything went like too wrong, I'm sure she would have corrected him. But the way he was being supervised and, and told he's doing everything wrong, I felt like that didn't help the lead up to the car discussion either. Listen, people like, like both Emily and her mother were like, eagle-eyeing Kobe the whole time. They act like no one's ever been a first-time parent before and had to figure stuff out themselves. Like, right. He's not going to, like, there's going to be, no, it's not really going to be an issue where he's going to, like, actually hurt Coben by just doing normal parental things. Like, leave the man alone. Let him figure it out. She was, like, she was, like, eagle-eyes on him, telling him every single thing he was doing wrong, which is not the way you want to go about this. And she, she, has, she said multiple times throughout the episode, like, I've been doing this by myself. And I like to do it my way. And I don't care what, what Kobe says. I, it's either my way or the highway. He can either get with her. Or he can get gone basically is what she was saying. Uh, so it was, it's definitely a, a control thing with Emily. Uh, that's one of her many issues. So that's yeah. really, has to be something that they get figured out. Well, she literally used the phrase of like, I, I do not want to give away the parenting card. And I was like, well, that's not even the case. You will be co-parenting. You are like, he is coming in not to, you know, quote, help. He is there to be a parent with you. You are going to be doing this together. So I feel like part of it, obviously, she has been with Coben for 17, 18 months. And like, she's been, you know, feeling like she's an only mother, right? Because she's doing all the duties herself. So I understand that there is a level of attachment there. But I guess I probably was expecting that she'd open up a little bit more the arms and welcome in Kobe to like be co-parenting with her. But I feel like there's a possibility that she didn't expect how hard it was going to be for her to not step aside, but to allow him to stand next to her and, and start doing the stuff together. I feel like there's a, there's a level of attachment to what she's been doing that I don't think she's ready to give away yet. Yeah, you're going to have to change routines. I understand where she's coming from with the we've gotten this routine set up now and I don't want to ruin that routine. But if you are bringing a brand new person in, the routine is going to have to change. Like, For there's, sure. no, there's no getting around that. You cannot 
you cannot incorporate your routine around this other person. This other person has to be included in a new routine. So it's it's an issue for her because she hasn't figured it out yet. She wants Kobe. He wants Kobe to slide seamlessly into her into her current routine, where that's that was never going to happen. It's impossible. You have to come up with new routines with this new person added, and she's not getting. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, combine that with the sleeping arrangement and then the how to change the diaper and stuff like that. I think there's going to be quite a bit of that happening here because so she leaves and she leaves Kobe, uh, Coben with Kobe, but also Emma, uh, Lisa, her mom is there with them. And like you said, Lisa was also doing that where she was kind of monitoring him initially, but credit to Lisa. I feel like Lisa then eventually kind of left him. Uh, left them to be and that was the most beautiful part of the entire Emily and Kobe storyline this week watching Kobe you know go through the book and like trying to teach uh, Kobe some some uh, colors in French and then we learned that you know Kobe lost his mom in 2014 and he really wishes his mom was around so he could show Kobe to his mom he really wants to show Kobe his African roots he wants to you know have Kobe know a whole other side of where he comes from in, in the upbringing of the child in the United States, which I thought was beautiful. So he decides that he wants to try something from Cameroon with, with Coben. And it's these uh, ground nuts that he's brought that he wants to have Coben try. Unfortunately, before he gets the chance to do so, uh, Emily comes in and is immediately against this. Like, nope, we are not doing this is, this is a choking hazard. And Kobe says, well, you know, I've had this as a baby, like, you know, we've had this as a baby. It's fine. Nothing's going to happen. But she doesn't want it, which is fine. If she feels like worried of like, it could be a choking hazard. Now, I don't know if it is or not. Um, I didn't go and look at the, the ground any, nuts myself. Any small thing could be a choking hazard. That's why I don't let like little toys out around kids. Mm-hmm. It could be a choking hazard. But like he said, like we ate this all the time as a kid. It, it would probably be fine. But. Emily seems like super vigilant, especially if it's anything that Kobe is trying to do. Uh, so that's why she put the kibosh on that. But they could have found some other way to give it to him, you know, without it being a choking hazard. I think Kobe just wanted in any way to to incorporate his culture to his son. Mm-hmm. And we could have found some other way to give this food product to the child, like grind it up, do something, put it in something. I don't know. But it it wasn't really the fact of like, I want to give my son this thing. It was like, I want to give him this part of this culture. And we should have found a way to make that happen. Yeah. Now, now as far as, as Lisa, Emily's mom, I've been side eyeing the mom and dad uh every single episode of the season. Cause they <laughs> the way they like the way they act towards like Emily and then when Kobe gets there, like Especially in the first episode, they're like, well, you know, you don't have to marry this guy. I was just like, okay, I get where you're coming from, uh, small town Kansas family. Um, you guys are really like not cool with, I'll, I'll say this particular person coming into your family. I've gotten that vibe from them every single episode. And especially with Lisa this episode, she's just like looking at him like, why is this man in my house? Like, it's weird. But she did relent at some point. And the only time that Coben was hashtag no fussing, was when he was with Kobe in this episode. Every other time, every time Emily tried to pick him up and do something, he was screaming and crying, always trying to grab at her boob. Like, <laughs> this was the only time he was no fussing was when he was with Kobe doing these, like, you know, talking about the French colors, sing, just sitting down and talking with him. That was the only time he was calm and cool. Yeah, I feel like, you know, there were moments, obviously, when initially, when Emily was going to leave and she passes 
Coben off to Kobe that Coben started crying. But after that, it seemed like, you know, Kobe's doing fine. Coben's fine with Kobe. So like, leave it be, please. I did look up. So there is a, uh, a Cameroonian dish called Embo. I might be pronouncing this very wrong. Uh, but it is a pudding like savory meal made with the roasted, uh, ground nuts. It's a ground nut paste. So definitely they could have done something with it to like, um, have it be fed differently if the, their choking hazards obviously there. The part of it that I felt some kind of way about was at the very end, the last scene, because obviously throughout this, Kobe's telling us that, uh, he feels like he's not being allowed to have a say in anything. Again, similar to Karen Guillermo, he feels like he doesn't have a say and, Emily has a scene where she, a confession where she says, you know, I have been raising Coben for 17 months. I know exactly how I want to raise him. Kobe needs to respect it, step aside and, and just follow. And again, we've talked about this already, but plans change when a, when a third party enters or like the other parent enters the scene. You, that system, that, ha- that, that, that system you've created has to be adapted to the new addition to the family. So that's never going to be the case. But again, to go back to what I was saying, the part that bothered me, Jason, was when she was holding Coben and she was like, yeah, say, I don't want those peanuts, dad. I was like, why? Like, that, yeah, that was, was unnecessary. That was uncalled for. Uncalled yeah. for. Like, don't put words in this kid's mouth. Like, oh, choking hazard, I fully get. But to essentially yuck it, I did not appreciate. Yeah, I, I clocked that too. It was just like, I don't want your stinky peanuts, dad. Like that's as as from his culture, that's fr- something that is not it's not something that's gonna hurt the child. So something that's even like it's just a freaking peanut. Like, let it go, lady. Like it was Yeah. No, it was I mean, and I think it's just gonna continue with the two of them. I again I like parenting is not easy and then to have a new person added in to become to the shift from parenting to co-parenting is difficult for sure. But I feel like what Emily has not noticed potentially here is that how much strain Kobe is going through again, new city. He's in Kansas. He's in Salina. He's living with his in-laws, which is, you know, if if you don't know your in-laws that well, could be awkward, could be difficult. He is now meeting his son for the first time, but he also there's a particular set of expectations of how he can approach his own son and he can't do it this way. It has to be that way. Like it is a lot. And I genuinely think we're going to see them um, have a fallout very soon. We and and it's already starting in the next episode where we see Kobe be doing some chores around the, is it the farm? The, the, yeah. the outside, the, some, yeah, it looks like a farm barn yeah. situation. Yeah. So he's doing some work outside, but it's very similar to how he was when he had Coben in his arms. Emily's, Telling him to don't no, do it this way, do it that way, get in there, scoop this up. I feel like I have to show you how it's done. And we get the breaking point for Kobe where we hear him say, Can you just shut the F up? Like, is that is that possible? So it's gonna be a thing. I for sure think that we're gonna see more of a divide between them moving forward. I think Emily's kind of seeing it where everything's great because she told us in confessional earlier, yeah, I feel like. Um, I'm sensing that, you know, our, aside from our chemistry being good, which is good, this is the other thing that needs to be good. And I was like, listen, your chemistry is not even there yet. You had the one good night where you had the first trip back, that you had the little vacation before you came home. That's not enough. I feel like you two have a lot more to work on than you may realize. Yeah, I mean, listen, this is only the second day that he is there. And there's already this much pressure built up. 
and Kobe is already feeling this kind of way on the second day. So you can imagine we got like, you know, 88 more days left until we either get married or we don't. And you got to, you, you're going to have to figure out something before that because Kobe's getting ready to bust already on the second day. Yeah, 100%. It's going to be a lot. We're going to keep an eye on them for sure. Uh, let's go ahead now and talk about Jibri and Miona from one farm to another farm this episode. Uh, sorry, from the next time on for that one. Anyway, Jibri and Miona are going to go visit Jibri's grandmother. That's the first scene we see with them. Jason, how did you feel about this uh, initial introduction to Jibri's grandma? I really like Jibri's grandma. She seems like uh, she seems like a total 180 from Mahala, which is interesting because that's her mother. Uh, so it was it was a fun little introduction. Uh, you know, Jibri and Miona coming up with the matching pink like you know pseudo cowboy you know do you matchy matchy with with your with your partner do you do that jason in no way shape or form will i ever match (laughs) with my wife if me and my wife ever have like the same thing on where you already go out i change i'm like nope that's like i'm not gonna be that person i'm not gonna be that couple so i'm definitely changing my clothes if if we are in any way matching when you get ready to go out yeah i um liana and i will have moments where i'm like what are you wearing and she's like i'm picking this i'm like oh maybe if I pick something that's like a similar ish color, that could be cute. But almost always I'm like, oh, OK, I don't know. For I don't have the stomach. I can't. I don't have the stones to do it. You know, now, to be that couple, the matching lie. couple. I saw you and Liana in New York. Y'all had matching jumpsuits on. Hers had you had a shirt that said hers and pointed to the left. And she had a shirt that said his and pointed to the right. Don't lie to the good people. I saw you and Liana in New York. You really gonna cap like this <laughs> to everybody? There are witnesses, Jason. They saw us. They know they were all backing me up. I'm positive. <laughs> um, I think we were both wearing black. Ultimately, no. What no, y'all had on no pink jumpsuits? Okay, yes, on. I remember it. No one will. Listen, no one will refute my account. I I hate to break the news, but yeah, Jibri and Miona, they took their style from us. We were <laughs> wearing the pink first, and now they're here rocking it at this farm. Uh, unfortunate, but you know, it's flattering that they're imitating us. It's okay. <laughs> the truth comes out. It really does. Well, the truth does come out at this farm here because, so yeah, we do meet Grandma Shane and Miona's not been around horses before. This excites Jibri. Jibri's very excited to see Miona in, you know, this environment. This is something he's grown up with and he, and he likes seeing her in this scenario. When she goes over to help, uh, Shane with some of the, I, I believe it was the horse excrement, I'm assuming, is what they were uh, yeah, pushing like around mud, there. Which is, I think, like mud and probably also had some like uh, horse uh, stuff in it as well, which they kind of spread around the stall, it looks like. Is what yeah, that, that he mentioned is. that. He mentioned, you know, you know, she's used to Serbian muck and now we'll see how she does with the South Dakota muck. And I was yeah. like, all right. So uh, as this is going on, he calls her, what is it? He's like, you look like a really cute cowgirl right now. And she's like, don't lie. I know how I look. This isn't a good look. <laughs> Yeah, no one's looked good scoop and poop. Like that is not an environment. Like I don't you could look eleven out of ten, be in your element. The minute you are scooping poop, whether it's it's horse, cat, dog, it is you're not I'm not like, hmm, I'm liking what you're doing right now. Okay, no. you to bed later with all your muck all over your pants. Yeah. This is um, a big no from me. <laughs> listen, with all, with all of Miona's like faults uh that we've seen like outside of the show and Listen, don't think I didn't clock those modeling photos that they showed when they were talking about matching, mm-hmm. uh, which was, uh, you know, as Mari talked about last week, the, the black fishing of it all, which was evident in those pictures. 
but from what we've seen on the on the show so far as far as her demeanor like she's been like a model like you know kind of person to most of the people on this show like even when she Jason. came up to, to, the, to the grandma and was like hey yeah i'd love to help like no problem blah blah, blah. yeah she's being very nice and cordial i saw a post on reddit earlier that was like i don't know how this cast has done this where i think that these two are the most compatible i was like it's wild 100%. isn't it it's yeah. wild because she is trying bless her heart miona obviously came in with some expectations of what she wants and i think more so than the other um uh foreign couple or not foreign couples but like the foreign component of the other couples she's been very vocal about what she wants from the beginning i don't want to live here I want a beach wedding. These are the two things I I really want. And she's not hid those from Jibri, but at no point have I seen her be like, nope, I'm not going there. I'm not doing this. Well, with Brandon and Julia, we uh, a couple of seasons ago, we saw Julia try, but complained a lot throughout. And right. with Miona, while she's not happy, she does do a good job of putting on the happy face and, and give stuff a try and like attempt to to do what she can to make the most out of it. What I don't like about this couple is that Jibri keeps trying to push her hand a little. I'm like, all right, well, you know, we're going to get, this is where we're going to be. It's like, no, I've told you I don't want that. He's like, yeah, but this is what we're going to do. And it doesn't feel like there's an open discussion, which is very frustrating. Yeah. I mean, it, it feels like for this couple, like as, as fake as this storyline is, and from the first episode of Jibri, quote unquote, tearing his pants and oh, oops, I got to tear my pants and oops, I left the uh, car window down. I, it's from the first episode, I was like, yeah, this is a nonsense fake storyline, but I'm going to go with it anyway. I'm just going to going to roll with it. But yeah, from from jump, it's been like Jabri has like really tried to force things, and even though he knows that Miona's not going to like this. He's like, ah, it's fine. She'll get over it. Uh, but at some point, uh, maybe I don't know if the claws come out in Miona or what, uh, but it's it's not going to be great the whole time. Yeah, I think she'll hit a breaking point at some point, because, again, he keeps trying to push the envelope. It went from a couple months to yeah, you know, we'll be here for Christmas and then, oh, maybe we'll be here for Easter. Like, maybe we'll be here for, no, like, she doesn't want to be here that long. And again, we've talked about how that makes it very clear to me that Jibri knows financially they are doomed. They are not in a space where they can move to LA. But yeah, maybe he hasn't really made that crystal clear to Miona. Like, no, you don't understand. Right. I have zero dollars in the bank. Yeah. Like, we're, we're broke. We are not at a place where we can be making these kind of decisions. But instead of having that conversation, he keeps trying to play it off like, oh, no, this is nice. So, for example, they walk out of where the horse is. They're standing outside and, and he goes, yeah, you know, I we're uh, sorry. Shane asks, when where's the wedding going to be like? Do we know where where am I going to be going? Like, what's the situation? And Jibri says, yeah, you know, we we are going to get married right here. It's where my parents got married. And me, I was like, no, no, nope, nope, nope. That's not happening. I want a beach wedding. It's my wedding, not anyone else's wedding, which is true. It is her wedding. So she should get a say. But Jibri doesn't, again, doesn't really, he keeps pushing back on it and then says, yeah, she wants to move and marry in 90 days and wants it to be at the beach and wants to move out. And she's like, yeah, that's what I want. And again, this is a very clear indication that these two have not made clear the expectations they have for each other. And when they do make clear what they want, the other person's like, nah, I'm going to get my way. So you'll see. Yeah, I mean, it's a weird dance they're doing. It feels like Miona might think that Jabri just like 
doesn't want a beach wedding. But I think Jabri's point is like, no, we literally can't afford can't do a it. beach wedding. <laughs> like it's literally impossible to have this what you want in less than 90 days. Not going to happen in any way, shape or form. But I just think she looks at it and it's like, oh, he's just not giving me what I want. Like, no, girl, like, I just can't give you that. Like, it's not going to have you want to move to L.A. and have a beach wedding in the span of 90 days. You're just being unrealistic, but he's not really painting that picture the right way. He's just saying no. Yeah. Yeah. And and I feel like, again, they would they, it would serve them well to have a sit down and have a conversation about it. You know, Karen Guillermo, they sat down, they had a conversation about it. And I think that would help. But there's just so much that goes into it that they've just kind of decided or just live off the vibes and see where we go, which is is detrimental. You have to talk about stuff like this. But anyway, so we move to the next scene with them. We got one more scene with them. And in between the two scenes, James, and I don't know if you noticed this, at the start of when he they get to the farm, it's 72 days to the wedding. The next scene is 61 days. We just skipped nine days. Oh, wow. I Sorry, even, I did not yeah. even clock that. That's uh, we're we're just speeding through this thing. Yeah, they're about a month out now. They're about a month. Uh, sorry, a month in, two months out of of when they should be getting married by. And Jibby tells us again, things have been awkward and tense, but I have to go talk to Miona about something. So we saw him have a conversation with uh, David back in the car wash in like the second episode. But they've got this opportunity in Chicago with this producer to get work done on their album which we've learned to Jibri, this is very important because this is something that's going to help them make some money. And he has to go to Chicago for it, but he doesn't know how to approach this because of how hard uh, the relationship status is between David and Miona. They've been off the wrong foot from the beginning, but he goes in to tell her about this and she says she's disappointed. And, and again, it all comes down to she doesn't like the way David treated her a couple of years ago. They, he was very judgmental in how she is, and that turned her off from from wanting David in their lives at all. But she is not willing to stay in Grand Rapids alone, which I fully get, given how things went with Mahala. No, if Jabri's not there, you should not be at the house either. So she agrees to go to Chicago with him, but David has one chance, one to talk about an eight mile, one shot, one opportunity. If he messes this up. I'm out. I'm not going to work it. I'll work on him ever again. Yeah. I mean, she's really in a no win situation with this, either Chicago or Grand Rapids thing. Cause both of these, these things she doesn't want to do. She either has to sit in a hotel in Chicago or, you know, uh, interact with David, which she doesn't want to do, or she has to interact with Mahala, which she doesn't want to do either. So Jabri is really putting her into these bad situations that she doesn't want any part of. And like you said, she wants, she's, she's willing to give Dave David another chance. Like, but she's, she tells you, like, if he causes a scene, like, I'm not going to stoop down to his level, but which I think she might stoop down to his level. If he causes a scene, I think that's what she'll actually do. But she says, if, if he causes a scene, I won't stoop to his level, but I'm not giving him any other chances. He's done with me over. Yeah. Yeah. I, David is a big, big question mark in this relationship. We talked about how they might be the most compatible, but, David is very much intertwined in Jibri's life where they are best friends. They are, they are in the same band and this is the same band that Jibri keeps emphasizing the importance of their career kicking off with this. That's where the money's going to come from. So he's very much intertwined with him, but also needs to be on a good footing with her, which is terrifying because I think that's going to make or break the relationship in, in a way. And Jibri tells us in private, 
that he's frustrated because uh, Miona at the end of the conversation does say something along the lines of, if we go to Chicago, if we do this, we have to have the beach wedding. That's my one condition. And he's frustrated that she's using this as a bargaining chip. I'm sitting here being like, you know what? Pretty smart. It's a pretty smart move you put there, Miona. So good, good time to play that chip. <laughs> yeah, and Jabri's like, it, it seems to be like devolving into a who sacrificed more competition, and I don't like that. You know who usually doesn't like that is a person that didn't sacrifice a lot. Like that's usually <laughs> yep. some, when somebody says when they haven't sacrificed a lot and their partner has sacrificed a whole lot, like we're just turning this into a who sacrificed more competition. Yeah, because she's winning, my guy. That's why she did that. I mean, um, so it's, let's it's, uh, yeah, let's do that. Let's do the com- the quick comparison right now, Jabri got to the win in that Miona moved in with her family, even though she didn't want to. Jibri has won in that they've, they're they staying here for, for a longer time, and she is playing ball with it. He gets to keep his band, which she doesn't really want because of the David situation. She is willing to now fly to Chicago with you and try and work on the relationship with David for you. These are like, what, four or five things that, that she's agreed to? Let's look at what Miona has um, gotten uh, Jibri to sacrifice. Look so at far. that. There's, there's nothing there. There's a hmm. big fat zero there in the meeting yeah. column. Holding my hand out. Has. Nothing in it right now. Yeah. Okay. I'm moving my hand around. It's kind of dark. Yeah. I'm trying to see if there's anything in there. Oh, but yeah. I don't think there's anything there. Jason, we're so rude. We are wrong. Okay. Miona did agree not to buy corn dogs at the supermarket for dinner. She oh, did. That's what that. I feel. I, I feel like I had a box of corn dogs. That's what. That's what I had in my hand. There we go. And a bag of that uh, pasta chicken Alfredo, whatever they made for for, for his parents. That, yeah. That night. <laughs> yeah. So again, I feel like she is very well within her rights at this point to, to put this out there. Um, I do think the, you know, relationship should never be a competition like that. We're like, this is how we're looking at who, oh, who, who was blamed more, who was in the wrong more. Like that is not healthy. But like you said, it's very evident that in this instance, when she's putting this out as an ask, it has not been a lot. Okay. It is not, also, been, it's not a big ask. He also seems to relent and is like, okay, fine. You come to me to Chicago, you can have this beach wedding, which I feel like is a lie. He still can't afford his beach wedding even after he goes to Chicago, probably. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, let's, you know, let's see, let's see, uh, where this is going to go because. We move to the next time on with them, and my God, get the fireworks ready. It's about to be nuts because they're in Chicago. We see David. David still has some judgments on Miona, some disagreements about Miona. This frustrates Jibri. Jibri finally hits a breaking point because the other part of it is I genuinely do see Jibri getting frustrated that people do not understand Miona or aren't giving Miona a chance. And Lucky for his family, he reaches his breaking point in Chicago where David and Jibri start engaging in fisticuffs. I don't want to say in fist the, fight because there were the no fists. the biggest fight I've ever seen. That was, did not. Was this I, worse or was the, um, what's his name? Uh, uh, Andre. Remember Andre? Oh, yeah, Andre's Andre brother? And who was the faker family? fight? Boy, I don't know which one is worse. I, I, I want to <laughs> see this whole fight first. But that Andre and Charlie fight was nonsense. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like I feel like I was in the the pitch meeting when Jabri like called the night day people like, listen, I got a great like story with me and my uh, my fiance slash wife already. Um, <laughs> we can we me and my fiance will come over to America and we'll we'll live our lives. And then night day fiance producer like, okay, I guess. I mean, we have that a lot, right? Okay, okay. <laughs> listen to this. Listen to this. We're gonna move 
to to uh, Rapid City, South Dakota, with my mother and her and my stepfather. Like, okay, okay, we're listening, we're listening. And he's like, all right, all right. Also, I'm in a band, right? And we'll say that my bandmate doesn't like my wife, and there's that's gonna be a whole thing. Like, okay, okay, we're listening. We're gonna go to Chicago. I want to stage a fake fist fight with my best friend. Like, okay, you're on the show. You're cast. Boom. You're good. <laughs> Seriously, it's gonna again. It's gonna be messy. We'll have a lot to talk about with them next week. However, that's all we have for you right now on Jibri and Miona. Now, Jason, we'll take one last break. When we get back, we'll talk about the next two couples, and that is Ari and Binyam and Eve and Muhammad. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. All right, Jason, we're going to jump into familiar territory here. Um, one more for another time, uh, Ari and Binium once again for us to dive into and talk about a couple that we've seen plenty of times, but this time the U.S. edition. So, yeah, yeah. So listen, I'm old enough to remember when uh, Binium's uh, nickname was Baby on the show. That's, that's oh, how my God. Yeah, that, it's been a minute. I, I did have that forgotten. I do not like you for bringing that back up. So. <laughs> Thanks for the painful memories there. That's how long I've been riding with Ari and Benny, okay? It's been a minute. Yeah, so the last time we saw them, they had that little argument in the New York bar where Biniam playfully says, what if we moved here? And Ari said, listen, no, fiscally irresponsible. We can't do it. We have a lease. The documents prove it. We can't break it. We don't have money. And it was like, I was just saying. So that happened. We move. Now, we find out that tonight is the night they're going to have dinner with Ari's family. He's going to get to meet her siblings for the first time. He's obviously met the the dad and the mom. It's time for the sibling showdown. But he ends up calling his sisters because he misses them. The last time he talked to them was at the it was at the airport. So the conversation with with Biniam and and Wish. Jason, break it down for me. So it, it gets into this like, all right, these are all the issues that I'm having with with uh, with Ari. We have the financial issues. We're arguing a lot. And like, I don't know if Mimi and Wish were like incepting this idea into his head. But basically, they tell him, well, look, listen, if you just have to stick this out, if all this goes wrong, at least you able to get a green card. Now, I, I don't know if they were like, like putting it into his head to make him like say it later in front of the family where he should not have said it. But, uh, but this will like have some consequences down the road. So this is a very interesting like conversation. And as Biniam tells us in confessional, he's like, well, listen, 
the relationship between Ari and my family is not very good. So I want to make sure that my relationship with Ari's family is good. And he tells us, talks to sisters about the wine situation. And he's like, yeah, Ari's still wondering why you threw wine at her. And they're like, we, she knows why we threw wine at her. Maybe she got drunk when we threw that wine on her. Maybe she don't remember now, which was a very interesting, like, remark they made. I love Mimi and Wish. They give all the good entertainment, in my opinion. No, they really do. And they're, they're sitting there. So um, they clearly, I don't think Ari and Mimi and Wish are ever going to make amends. I really don't. Um, I genuinely do not see a world where Ari ever goes back to visit ever. That's never going to happen. But Mimi and Wish do bring up like, you know, I think that she wouldn't want to raise this this uh, kid alone. They won't raise Avi alone. So she would definitely go through with getting you the green card because then you can at least if you end up moving back, you can go back and forth, which, you know, is a sentiment. But what happens here, this is a big setup for what happens later in the dinner. Binium hears this and says, that's a good point. You know, that's a good point because she wouldn't want me to lose out on being around Avi. But I do think that Binium, Ari's a priority for him. He wants the relationship to work. I don't think there's any world where he's in this for the green card and the green card only. I do not. So um, I, I don't I don't think that he's in it for the green card. I'm just not sure if he is like in love with Ari. I'm just not sure of anything really with Benny. Because Benny is like such a man with like few words. And, you know, even, even when they were talking about the argument in this episode, when they were like looking back on it, he was like, and he was even able to articulate, like, look, I was just like saying stuff. Like, I didn't mean we should move today. And I was like, yeah, I think we'll just stay here for now. Like, nobody was saying that we should move here from here right now. Even Benny with the man in a few words he is, was able to articulate that. But I've never gotten the, I've just never gotten the idea that Benny is like in love, in love with Ari. I feel like if this baby, if Avi wasn't here, I don't think they'd be together. I th- I mean, I think Avi has really helped keep them together because I think if Avi was not involved, I do not think Ari would have, I don't think Ari and Binion would have reconciled after that separation they had when she went back to the States for Avi's procedure. I don't, I think they wouldn't have been able to come back from that. Um, but I also think that having Avi and the hardship that Binium went through with losing a, another kid early, another son, to assist situations similar to this is what would have caused that. So I think Avi at the center of all this, they all want Avi's happiness. And I think that is what's important to them, but the relationship does need work. They need to patch things up. And, you know, this is something that Ari mentioned when they moved to the States was we were hoping to get a fresh start on trying to work on our relationship. Then the money stuff came in and became a huge uh, speed bump for them to also think about moving forward. So now they're going to the dinner with the family. They do give us the little uh, time stamp. This is 87 days. So they've been in the States for three days now. So Ari tells us that I want my siblings to like my future husband. It's important for me that they like my future husband. I was like, well, Ari, can you think about also like he wants his future wife to be good with his siblings? That's not going to happen, though. We move. So we get to the dinner and I forgot. They give us a flashback of the last times that the siblings had heard anything about the family through like the older seasons, I forgot about his, uh, Ari's sister and how much Ari's sister irritated me. And the, the, the flashback really brought back those memories for me. Yeah. And here's the problem with bad mouthing your spouse or significant other to your family. Your family never forgets. Like you no. may forget and move on from that situation, but your family will never forget you bad mouthing your significant other because 
that's that's going to influence their opinion because they're not around your significant other all the time to see the good times. They really probably only hear about a lot of the bad times. So I can't really, I can't 100% blame the family for like being like weary of, of Binium because he did do a bunch of, you know, bad stuff, uh, which was, you know, not, not communicating, not being around all the time. So, you know, it, he's already coming in here with points against him because of things that the family knows about Binium. Yeah. And, and, you know, that's true with family, but also friends. Like if, yeah, if 100%. you're in a relationship and you do wrong to your girlfriend or your boyfriend or your partner and the friends find out about it, when you patch things up, they're not there for when you patch things up. They're not there for when you fix it. Their memory is going to remember the, the bad things that happened. So. 100% it was almost like oh yeah remember when these two had a big fight and and the family heard everything yeah we're going to pick up from there it wasn't we're going to pick up from oh they moved to Kenya and everything like they got better there and like that's not going to be the case so it almost felt like oh no Binium's about to enter the lion's den and that's exactly how it went the conversation immediately upon sitting at the dinner table he was questioned about quite a few things and uh, like the yeah so last time we talked you were fighting what happened there why was there a fight happening and he's talking about yeah you know I was trying to keep myself busy get my mind off of losing my son I was afraid she wasn't going to come back and then Kristen who <laughs> loves instigating and, and doing the most here so yeah well every time I called you Ari he was not there it's like why are you doing this they're trying to be happy can't you be positive Kristen's Kristen is such a Kristen yeah, what is this about? Well, why are you doing this? So she's doing all this, and then the brother asks, well, do you see yourself being here long-term in the U.S.? And he says, you know, yeah, my dream is to be an MMA fighter. He brings that up, and then they ask about the money, and and what about the money? How is that going to be? Which I was like, why are you bringing up the money? Y'all already put them in this burden of, yeah, you have a two-bedroom house now because we made you, and also you're going to pay for it real soon. So this doesn't help the conversation. I feel like that puts Ari's mind back exactly where she didn't want to be. He was just thinking about financials. But, if, but I feel like there's this like, there's this silent game going on between like uh, Ari's parents and Ari, where it's like, listen, mom and dad, I know that if I don't get a job, period, and he doesn't get a job, you're going to float us throughout our time here in the U.S. I have no doubt about that. Like mom's asking about like the financial situation. Like mom knows like, She's probably gonna have to support these two for a long for for a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. They're never, they're never really gonna put Ari's feet to the fire. They're gonna ask these little questions like, "What are you gonna do for a job? What are you gonna do about this?" But they know, <laughs> they know they're probably gonna be supporting this this uh, this person for for a long time. Right, and this is where the the dinner got really awkward because remember the conversation where Mimi and Wish told him, "Yeah, you know if." Yeah, at the very least, like you can get the green card, so you can do the back and forth. Yeah, he tells his fa- he tells her family this. He tells the family this, and he tells it in a way where I feel like maybe what he really meant to say, the barrier of communication came in, but it made dinner so awkward. There was a very pregnant silence, and again, I wanted to get back in the gondola just to jump out of it again. He tries to soften the blow where he's like, well, even if Ari doesn't want to be with me. I can still get a green card. He doesn't say like, I can just leave Ari and get a green card. I'll be fine. But the words green card should never leave your mouth. No, it's never good in front of the family. Now, 
when we talk about the Mimi and Wish conversation with Benny before, I feel like this is a big, like, there are people sitting at home being like, yep, that's exactly what they try and do. They try and get here for the green card. I feel like that was not a good look for a lot of, you know, these 90 day couples are like people that what people already have suspicions about this type of thing that Mimi and Wish are like kind of hinting at. And then for him to come out and say it in front of the family, it's just like, oh, we knew it. We knew it. This, this, that's all he's here for is a green card. I understand, Benny. Benny, you sweet, you sweet, innocent, uh, naive child. Like, I understand you don't understand what you just said, but that's bad. Yeah. It's, it's like really you, though. It's almost like, yeah, the game here is never use the words green card. And, and you that should use never come up the in a conversation with with family ever, with especially with the with your uh, American significant other's family. That's yeah. always going to be a bad look, and especially when the family is very skeptical. Because look, yeah. we've had families that are not skeptical or comfortable. This is a skeptical family, and you just gave them more to be skeptical about. So I didn't love this. Um, we did get in the confessional that uh, Ari mentioned that she sometimes feels like she loves Benny more than him. Now, I think you alluded to you feel this. You think yeah, this I is the case? I feel that a little bit. I'm not, I'm not even sure how much Ari really loves uh, Benny. It, it kind of feels like they're both like trapped in this together. That's the feeling that I get from both of them. But again, like I said, Benny is kind of a, a closed book. I don't get much from him. But I do feel like he's mostly in this for Avi. Like that's like eighty percent of why he is here and still communicating with Ari at all. That's why he's in America, mostly, and he also wants to be an MMA fighter. Um, but yeah, I feel like that's mostly why he's here. Yeah, it's it's difficult because that was another thing that came up was uh, when he said his dream was being a UFC fighter. The Kristen asked, "Is that why you're actually here?" I was like, "Kristen, just eat your vegetable. What are you doing? Stop it." Stop being a Kristen. It felt like the producers were like, "All right, Kristen, you know what your job is here, right?" Yeah. Yes, I have to question everything. <laughs> Good job, Kristen. Now get in there and get them. Yeah, you got that bonus. It's it's wild to me because if my sister invites me over, uh, or if my sister moves to back home with someone who she intends to marry. What I'm not going to do is make her partner and her like both of them feel uncomfortable by badgering them in front of the rest of the family. I feel like that is not something I would want to do. So again, I don't. Kristen's motivations are different than mine. Well, Whatever. Like, you're no, we're, we're normal people. We're not chaos agents. Like we're not trying to sow seeds of discord into everything we see. Kristen is another is another you know another person. She's uh she's trying to find that drama. And every 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 single time we've seen Kristen, which hasn't been a whole lot, but we've seen her before. She's always trying to, in her words, wake Ari up. You know, and to get her. I think those were her exact words. Like wake up, Ari. Like. So Kristen has always been this person that's always trying to make Ari see the light or break up this marriage for whatever reason she has. So Kristen can can go kick rocks as far as I'm concerned. Uh, a big same. Okay. Well, I will say they have the most intriguing next time on for me. So they're at a gym and Binium is training. You know, he wants to be an MMA fighter. He's training in some fight sequences here and his trainer is a woman and we see Ari show up out of nowhere and go, wait, 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 wait. You did not tell me you were getting trained by one. What's your name? Why is she, why are you fighting with it? Why do you have full makeup on? And it just gets messy. It's going to be 
this is going to be I say I'm excited now that I re- repeated that I'm going to feel uncomfortable. I'm not ready for this. Yeah, we might have to put we might have to put this in the in the in the rankings with fake uh you know fights, staged fights cuz this just seems out of out of control, out of nowhere like nonsense. Well, if it, it's funny cuz the the fighter Melissa, she didn't look like she was reacting to anything. She didn't. She was smiling. She did not care. She was not getting in Ari's face. Ari was getting in her face. So I am curious where this is going to go, but oh, I definitely you know, want to see it. Yeah, we'll break it down next week, of course, because uh, if it happens on the show, it gets talked about on this one. Now, now we get to a very difficult segment uh, that I would like to call even Muhammad. Why are you here? Because <laughs> why? Why is this relationship happening? But again, we have to talk about it. Jason, even Muhammad are getting ready to go out for dinner with Eve's friends. He's going to get to meet our friends for the first time. 82 days. It's been eight days. He's been here a little over a week. And as they're getting ready to leave, Muhammad says, I don't like your coat. Can you change it? Because I can see your underwear from from here. I can see your underwear from this girl. So she's nervous. Like Eve tells us she's nervous. She ends up changing. She tells us she's nervous because of the discussions they've been having lately and like the disagreements that have been coming up. And obviously we've seen that there's a lot more of Muhammad trying to change who Eve is and how Eve carries herself. But they're having dinner with the squad, TM. So I feel like if you're calling your group of friends the squad and you're like a 40-something-year-old woman, I think that's an interesting... At what point do we that. stop using the word squad to describe yeah. your squad? Yeah, that's an interesting way. I think maybe you cut that out in like your early to mid-30s. So I can still say it? Okay, good. I can still yeah, say it. You're squad. still good, Pooh. You're still good with the with the squad. All right. <laughs> yeah, so we're gonna meet up with the squad here. Uh, and we did meet the squad uh in the first episode where we met Eve. She was out, um, uh, I believe it was brunch, she was hanging out with them and everything. So the whole squad's there, and you know, uh they, as we know, are going to have some thoughts. But we go to Muhammad first. The confessional goes, you know, what's your first impression? And he's like, Yeah, they're weird. I feel like they're trying to see how I'm going to react as a Muslim. And I think they're showing their boobs on purpose. Like little does he know we saw all their boobs in the first episode when he wasn't there. So that's yeah, this not is, exactly accurate. Muhammad. This is just how they dress. So just them, my guy. it's not about you. It's never about you. Don't make it about you. Uh, stop that. But yeah, so he thinks that, you know, this is a test on, and then they want to see how he reacts to stuff. And then when he comes in, they're like, shall we do a group hug? And Muhammad's like, yeah, group hug. And I was like, wait, so you got to do a group hug, but Eve was standing there while this plumber was like hand deep in your toilet trying to install this bidet. And that was like uncool. I was like, all right, I'm going to put that in my notes. I'm going to write that down. Jot it that would one have down. to be the most awkward plumber job this plumber has ever been through. Oh, I'm just so mad at uh, at TLC for not getting an interview with the guy outside the house after. It's a lost opportunity. I do love when we get the, um, for lack of a better term, the NPC non-playable characters of the 90 Day Universe. I love when we get a good one of those. We had a good one with Patrick and Thais with the the patrons of that bar they went to this season. Um, I, I don't one remember. Of, one of the best was uh, Yara and Jovi when they went furniture shopping. I forgot what the name of the lady was. Oh, she, she was great. When she was like, do you need a Snickers yeah. or something? Because <laughs> yeah, you're angry. <laughs> yeah. No, that was great. I did love that. I love these moments. So a big missed opportunity with the plumber. We're never going to see him again, but uh, he is a, he, he's the hero we deserved and the hero we did not get, but it's fine. So at this 
I guess I was gonna say dinner. I guess not this dinner. Let's just call it dinner. So they decide it's question time. We're gonna ask him some questions. First, they ask, Are you cool with wine? He's like, Yeah, I'm cool with y'all having wine. That's fine. I was like, Okay, good, cool, nice, great. Now Eve so, does Eve does have water, not wine, to to, you know, kind of acquiesce to him a little bit there. Yeah, of course, he's not about the wine, but it, he says that it's fine if they have it. So that's cool. Uh, you know, yeah, I'm not even going to say gro- like, you know, good growth, because this sounds like this is something they had agreed upon prior where yeah. Eve's good to have wine. So it, it, they were just so she, she had water as well. Like she was like, none for me. Oh, she time. had water as well. Yeah. I missed that. OK, yeah. good eye. Good eye, Jason. OK, so the questions. So they decided we're going to start asking serious questions, because if there's something we know, it's that when you have your first dinner or meal with the family or friends of the American counterpart, they love asking you the heavy hitting questions. And my God, what were these questions? So first, have you had any serious relationships? He's like, yeah, you know, I, I, there was this girl, I spoke to her parents, we got engaged, but then we broke up because I don't have money. So like, okay, cool. Uh, what did you think of the age difference? He's like, I didn't really, you know, the age difference didn't matter to me. She's beautiful. Everything's fine. I was like, okay, cool. All right. Next question. Have you ever had sex with, uh, or been intimate with anyone? He's like, intimate. Have you ever had sex? No, I've never had sex. Have you kissed another woman? No. Then how did you know? And then this is where it goes. Well, how did you know what to do? Did you watch porn? Like, what is this? Oh my gosh. Like this, like for the, I, I applaud Muhammad for not just getting up and leaving at that moment because even as a like non-Muslim person, like this is not an appropriate conversation at all to have with pretty much anyone that's not like a super duper like I don't know close friend of yours or something. Like you just met this man, you're asking if he has watched pornography. Even cool. that, yeah, it's like porn. Like pornography is one of those things where I feel like I genuinely could not like count more than one hand how many times I've had a conversation about with my close friends with anybody so to ask him this was wild <laughs> um and like he's clearly you know the things they know about him is he's he's relatively conservative so what makes you think he's going to answer this one yeah i mean look much like kristen in the ari and benny segment the, the squad knew their role here and they played oh, yeah. perfection uh we must embarrass this man we must ask this man very inappropriate questions because we know that's what TLC is looking for it's it was just so awkward and I was you know I haven't been on Muhammad's side you know much throughout the season but it really made me feel for Muhammad in this moment (laughs) yeah I'm still like we're still not on his side I'm pretty sure it was a fleeting moment where I'm like no don't ask him that but I will say this his silence spoke volumes (laughs) like they got the answer (laughs) yeah yeah that's your answer right there folks like that's yeah, th- that was not, a yes. I give a straight answer with that. Yeah, that was a yes. Yes, it is. Okay. When, they, when someone asks you a question, you're like, well, why would you ask you something like that? That's a yes. Yeah. And then the other thing that they, they brought up was, um, you know, what do you, so are you comfortable right now? Like, what do you think about, uh, are you okay with what you're seeing here? And they're pointing at like the chest region of the friends. And he, he's like, you know, I don't care about anyone but my wife, you know, because, and again, this is a part where, Part of me is like, I know that the language barriers there. He's like, yeah, because she's mine. So it's my wife. And and that's the only person who I care about. And this is where Eve brings up the incident they had earlier because she was like, just to be clear, we're not completely like on the same page because he was trying to illustrate that we're fine. You know, only person I care about, only opinion I care about 
is my wife. And he's like, what? She was like, well, you did make me change earlier from the shorter jacket. And he, you know, replies, well, you know, it's about protection. You got to protect your woman because you don't know other people's intentions. And, you know, Eve chose me. So it's clear, you know, this is what I like. This is how I am. And they, you know, they fight back that, you know, what it feels like when men try to get women to tell women how to wear things, it seems controlling. And then Muhammad replies, well, I don't get why women here don't, did he say don't like to be controlled? Yeah, he said, I don't understand why women in America don't want to be controlled. And it's like, oh, all right. He's like, well, you took a big L with the squad there, but he really stepped in that one, my guy. Uh, But listen, this is like, ah, this is so, this is the, the whole issue with Muhammad and Eve was they it seemed like they had no conversation at all before he came over what was appropriate what was not what they were going how they're going to mesh their lives and culture because it seems like Muhammad is not trying to mesh anything well that's the thing is I feel like from what we understand and this conversation comes up in the car ride home later where Eve tells us that she gave up pork um she they agreed wine only on special occasions and she did go through her closet and took the more conservative clothes and kept those and then took some of the other more revealing stuff out. So it's clear they had that discussion to me, but from what it sounds like Muhammad's under the impression that Eve said she would change for him and that Eve agreed that you don't need to change your ways. I will, I will change my ways, which clearly never happened because Eve firmly says that didn't happen in the car ride so i don't think it did i think there was a huge gap in the expectation conversation which we've had multiple times because again um they're coming in from this angle and if if you are both following and practicing similar values then it works fine but if you're both very different on it and it's not something you're going to agree to it's going to cause waves and here we are watching the first of what is going to be many waves with these two I think they probably had conversations and I think there was a lot of misunderstanding in those conversations. Like if Eve is getting rid of most of her wardrobe that he would not find acceptable, why isn't she also getting rid of the bikini and other stuff like that? That's where I'm like mixed up. Like if you're, if you're acknowledging that you should get rid of this, all this wardrobe, then the bikini and also the uh, see-through dress tonight, shouldn't surprise you that he has a problem with this stuff. Well, that's the thing, right? Is that the bikini ends up becoming, it's the title of the episode is, are you going to choose a bikini over me? It's very clear that um, we find out that there was another discussion. They had the a fight they had in August where uh, she had gone to this, uh, I guess like a vacation spot or whatever. There was a pool and she had a two piece bathing suit, a bikini. And he was upset because she didn't have a one piece. And I think ultimately when it comes to the wardrobe, what sounds, I think what uh, Eve has acknowledged and, and, and sees as the agreement they had is I'm going to dress more conservatively, but when I'm going to go swim, I'm going to wear swimwear and you probably don't have a problem with a bikini because the first photo of mine you interacted with was a bikini photo. So you should be okay with this, I guess, because that's what she responded to, which I totally see where she's coming from with that because that is the facts of how he interacted with the first interaction comes like, that way. It sounds like he told her that, yeah, I did like see that, but then I told you I would not be w- marrying any woman that wore a bikini. Like, I do believe that some of those conversations happened 
just from some of Evie's responses, like it feels like she said she told him that she was going to do something and she didn't exactly do exactly what she said she was going to do. Like she thinks you can go three fourths of the way, but not the whole way. Which I told me we we just discussed the the uh, conversation about the um, Jupiter and Miona and how when the person who ends up fight like the change thing and how many how many times how many things have you accepted how many things have you sacrificed here if we're looking at the sacrifice column eve is definitely sacrificing far more than muhammad is willing to but muhammad is not willing to accept the sacrifices eve has made because he expects far more sacrifices and it doesn't suffice for what he's gotten so far and i just i just think eve got way in over her head here and i don't think she properly recognized the expectations of Muhammad. I, I do, don't think so. Mm. Yeah, I do think Muhammad may have been straightforward in what he wanted and expected, and maybe Eve didn't take it seriously, or like she's like, "Oh, but he'll be fine with this thing." Like she said to herself, "Like, oh, but he'll be fine with a couple of of things that are not, you know, conservative." But I like Muhammad is dead set on what he wants, and he's not going to change it. There's no, there's no wiggle room in. Well, that. he does tell the the squad, you know, when in the middle of the conversation. He after he said the I don't get why women here don't like to be controlled. He's like, this conversation is not going to change my mind. And then he right. got very upset and in confessional talked about how they could. He actually knew you what he said this to their face. He's like, you know, you can't hide how you're judging me. I see everything. I see it in your eyes. And then in the confessional, he talks about how they're showing how stupid they are. Which I was like, all right, whoa, yeah, whoa that was come bad on. verbiage. Yeah, but I think he had somewhat of a point. He's like, y'all don't want to be judged. I in turn don't want to be judged either. So I like we're at an impasse here. Like, don't judge me if you don't want to be judged yourself. Well, see, that's the thing, right? Is that I think there's two things happening here. And one of the things is that Eve comes into this thinking, all right, this is a relationship. Every relationship consists of compromises. I'm going to compromise these things. He'll compromise these things. We'll find the middle. It'll work out. Whereas Muhammad came in. And was like, all right, so we're in the dating phase. You know, she's wearing this bikini, cool, whatever. When I get married, when we get married, in his head, he's like, when we get married, I expect her to be in this specific way. And she is not in that specific way on the road to marriage while they're dating. But once that ring is on the finger, I believe he thinks the changes have to come. But there was no preparing for that, if you know what I mean. I feel like, again... These two, I don't think have had the conversation that clearly. I think that one of them thought we'll both compromise. We'll find the middle where the other thought it's either all the way or, or we're not doing it. So again, these two should not be together. They are not a match at all. This is a swipe left. Both of you should have swiped left. This is not the way. Um, So when they get in the car to go home, Muhammad's being very quiet in the car. And Eve calls it out. I was like, you're being very quiet. And he's like, well, did you hear what they said? It wasn't nice. And it wasn't okay what they said, but I held it in for you. And and then he says, you know, I respect your culture and the difference, but they didn't do the same. They judged me all the time, but their opinion doesn't matter to me, which is like a hold up, bro. If their opinion doesn't matter to you, you wouldn't have felt this way about quote being judged i don't think that would have happened but obviously when i think in any situation if we take out his beliefs if we take out any of the other stuff we've discussed this at multiple meetups multiple couples 
when you are the foreign counterpart and you are in a position where you're getting grilled by like four people who don't really know you, it's going to be difficult to stomach no matter who you are. It's a lot. It's like a whole like questioning happening at the first meal you're sharing. It's uncomfortable. Yeah, you're going to you're going to be looked at with a side eye no matter what, no matter what. Like this is the situation like they're going to come in with questions. They don't know you. They only know what they know of you through their friends. So this is the time for them to grill you. And that's just what it's going to be. Yeah, and I think the other thing that we find out in here in this is that uh, Muhammad brings up, you know, I'm disappointed with you, Eve, because you shared the private moment we had before the outing, referring to, of course, the, hey, this jacket's too short. Could you change it? Because I can see your underwear. And I can tell you this from from experience. I know people that um, they are very conservative in that you these are there are some things you don't talk about outside of the household, like outside of yeah. your marriage. and very clear to me that Muhammad's not doesn't want to be and isn't as open about stuff like this with with other people and he didn't like that she had brought it up and then Eve of course brings up you know Tatiana knows from the August trip where you know the whole bikini versus two one piece thing and he says well you told me you would change yourself and Eve argues back says nope that's BS absolutely not I never said that and then Muhammad's arguing back of, no, 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 you agreed to it. And then now you're disagreeing after it. And this is where she brings up, well, you saw me with the bikini. I don't understand why you expect me in the middle of a pandemic to grab my child and go r- running around trying to find a one piece to appease you. I don't think this is a problem. And she says, you know, I stopped eating pork wine on occasion. I cleared my closet, but then nothing was said about the bikini. This is where the famous line of, are you going to choose a bikini over me comes up? And then a confessional comes up where uh, Muhammad says, yeah, if she doesn't change, I will fly to Egypt before the 90 days, which 100%, that is what should happen. Eve should be free and, and, and happy expressing herself and wearing and doing what she wants. And, and, you know, if the compromises she's done aren't enough for him and she can't go beyond that, I think she needs the break. I think if this is not how he envisions a marriage to be, I think he needs the break. I think they both need to break. I've been saying this from the start. This is just going to keep coming out of my mouth. Um, And I'm not ready for it. So they get home and Eve goes into the bedroom, gets a blanket and pillow and, and finds her, makes herself a spot on the couch in the living room. And she tells us, you know, I'm not going to live my life being controlled and judged for who I am. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, you know, like I said, Eve's gotten him in overhead. She didn't, she didn't realize how much she was going to have to compromise. Whereas in this situation, it's going to have to be her compromising because Muhammad is, is fervent in his beliefs, which is, you know, if that's your beliefs, that's your beliefs. But you both should have thought about that before you came into the situation because there's no way that this was ever going to work. I don't know how they thought it was going to work. I still think Muhammad is, is, uh, is a robot. Uh, I do believe uh, I saw a plug in the back of his neck a couple episodes ago. I, I, do <laughs> I think will she- say in the car, he did sound a little bit different than his usual, like no tone shift personality that we've seen. It did sound a little bit more animated, yeah. but if that was him angry, he sounded more nor. I don't know. It sounded more normal to me. He is fascinating. I think maybe Eve just needs to adjust the settings. Because uh, I think she just took the robot out of the box, was excited, and didn't adjust any of the settings. Got to update robot. to the latest version, Eve. Come on, yeah, you got to <laughs> update that software, Eve. That's, that's, Keep that's the auto update on. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! Oh god! You okay over there? 
I mean, it's a lot. There's a lot I'm processing right now, Jason. <laughs> I should like my processes. Yeah, I need the update. Okay, so in the next time on with them, we see Muhammad taking Eve to a mosque, and you know, Eve is recognizing the first time at a mosque as a woman. She's like, you know, learning, and you can see that she's trying to do the prayer, and then the woman next to her is guiding her as she was trying to get up before uh, it was too early to get up. But then in the other side, we see Muhammad talking to a man at the mosque and I believe it might've been the Imam at the mosque, but he's talking to her, the guy, and then tells us, you know, I think it'll be easier if Eve converts. And this is where, you know, this is never going to happen because Eve has no intention of converting. I believe Eve's thoughts going into this were, you know, you have your beliefs and your religion. I have my beliefs and we will find a middle and we'll be happy. This is Muhammad saying, I want these specific things. And I think the only way it'll work probably is if you convert. And I just do not see that conversation ending with, yeah, I'll do that. I don't, I, this is the couple I am most skeptical about lasting even the whole season to be honest with you yeah i was gonna ask you think we're gonna get like kind of an abrupt ending to this uh to this couple before i the season see it because, because i can't i definitely can't see it lasting the whole season no no i mean i'm shocked that we're getting them again for another week like there's someone i would expect like give me the bye week where's the even muhammad bye? i would like the bye week we're not getting it so i could see them fizzling out before the season's over and quite frankly i'll be happy if it happens because this is a lot this is a lot and i, I just do not see these two being happy together yeah, they they need to go. Yeah. Okay. So, Jason, it's a longer podcast. I do appreciate you giving us your time. We got to do one more thing before we head on out, and that is, of course, doing our power rankings of the couples for episode seven. Now, would you like a reminder of where episode six left with me and Kirsten? Sure. All right. So, last place was even Muhammad. Fifth place was Jibri and Miona. Fourth place was Bilal and Shaida. Third place was Karen Guillermo. Second place, absent this episode, Patrick and Thais. And first place, Ari and Binium. Okay. All right. So one one thing I just realized after I was saying Patrick and Thais, we're going to see them next episode. Uh, they're going to Dallas, but then John will also go to Dallas. So more drama with John coming up soon. All right. I think, Jason, we're in agreement after this. Even Muhammad, last ones to talk about, first ones on the ranking. Let's put them in Dead sixth last. place. Dead last. All right. Yeah. Easy, done, we move. Now, do you know who you would want to put in fifth place? Um, Let's see. Who do I or want to be? Who should go first? How about that? Who do you think is the tip top over here for us to uh, put in the first place position? Who will go first? I think Ari and Benny still in first is a good shout. I mm-hmm. like that. Put that in there. Second, done. I would put Kara and Guillermo. Kara and Guillermo seem like they have a really good chemistry. So I think they're good there. Yeah, I think so too. Again, I feel like they are, they have some problems brewing. Um, the ex might have put some things into perspective for Guillermo, but that charged him to have the conversation with Kara. And I think she has now learned a little bit more where he's coming from. So I could see them doing better moving forward. Yeah. So that, I would, yeah. I actually, I know that you have Jabri and Yona second to last from last week, but I think we put them in third. I think combined the two of them while the external factors in the relationship, i.e. Mahala, i.e. David, there's problems there and they have not had a proper conversation about some of the expectations they have. I think they genuinely do love each other and I think they do want to make it work with each other. I think most of their problems 
outside of the living situation, which is more of a, you know, realistically, we can't afford to move right now are coming from other people, but he's also defending her. He is yeah. frustrated that the other people are trying to change her or are trying to, you know, pass judgment on her and he's defending her. So I do agree with you. I'm okay with putting him in third place. Yeah. I think all said and done, they're really ride or die for each other. They are both, I think they both want to be influencers and I think they both want to do it together. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that's enough to keep them together, no matter what, you know, other things may stand in their way. Yeah. Uh, so who that leaves with Belong Shada and uh, uh, Emily and Kobe. Emily Kobe. Okay. Uh, put Emily and Kobe second to last for me. Interesting. Tell me why. I just don't, I, you know, I don't see it lasting. I, yeah, I just don't see it lasting all the way through. Um, as in, in, you know, comparison to Bilal and Shaida, I think that eventually Bilal will relent and mm-hmm. agree to the kids. And I think that they have more of a, more of a chemistry together. Whereas like Emily and Kobe, I think this is a new dynamic to their relationship because I think we even got into, in this episode, Kobe was like, uh, you know, China Emily was a lot sweeter. Like, this is a lot different. Like, she is bossy. She is disrespectful to me. I don't think that that's going to last. Interesting. Yeah. So I'm just trying to mull it over because I do think that the Emily and Kobe disconnect here. I think that we still haven't seen a scene where Emily and like the Karen Guillermo scene where, where Kobe voices his concerns and Emily hears him out. We're just seeing more and more negative stuff. Whereas with Bilal and Shaida, we're seeing in the next time on that Shaida is going to open up like, hey, you do this lecturing thing quite a bit. It's a very close fourth and fifth for me. Like, I think there's a gap between third and fourth place. And then it's the bottom three. So you're the guest. I'm okay with going with your direction here and giving Bilal and Shaida fourth. And which they don't actually switch spots from last episode. And then giving Emily and Kobe the fifth place. So. To give a little bit of an insight to some of the movements here from these past couple of weeks, even Muhammad have been last place from episode five on three weeks in a row. And then Emily and Kobe, the last time they were on this list was episode five. They were actually in second. So big drop for them to fifth place here. Bilal and Shaida, they are staying in fourth place. Nothing's changed there again. Jibri and Miona go from fifth to third. Karen Guillermo go from third to second and Ari and Biniam have now got three weeks in a row where they are first place. Well, uh, episode four, they were last. So they're riding that top line right now. Listen, I think there the are legacy medal. characters. I just, they've We've been riding, they've been riding together for a while. Mm-hmm. I just don't see it really ending for any reason, especially now that uh, Benny is over here in the U S I don't think he's going to be, he's in unfamiliar territory. So he's not going to be going off and doing God knows what. Uh, and Ari's not going to be really aware. Right. No matter what he does in the U.S., Ari's going to be aware of what he's doing. So I think that will stabilize them a little bit. Even though I'm not, I'm unsure of their love levels to each other. I just think they're going to stick it together. Yeah. And I, and I genuinely do think with the two of them, they're kind of placed in this position where it's them against the world in that they're move, they've moved here, brand new start. It's them and baby Avi. And I think they're going to be on each other's side more. Now, obviously, next week, I could see them taking a dip on the ranking from first to maybe second, third, whatever. But just the fact that we've seen as much as we have with them and we've followed their story for years and we've seen them go through some thick stuff and make it out. 
that's why they, they it's kind of like a cheat code to have them on this list because we've known them for so long whereas yeah. and, everyone and, else we're just meeting and listen as much as uh we in in the storyline you know we have uh the family saying what are you gonna do for money you don't have a job listen these people i'm sure have some type of brand endorsement deals they are probably on cameo they probably have that type of money flowing in so as much as they want us to believe in the storyline, oh, you have no jobs. They have income coming in. Um, that, and also, we literally watched um, Ari's family be like, yeah, we don't like the living situation that Binium has for you here. We're going to finance a whole new house for you. And they've done that before. I don't think they're going to leave these two high and dry at any point. Never. So no. I don't think there's ever going to be a time where the money is going to, they're going to be like, oh man, we cannot, we're not going to get to live here at all. I think they're going to be fine in that regard as well. It all comes down to, for me, how is your relationship going to be? Are you going to mend your relationship? Yes or no. But you know the storyline I want to see for Arian Binium? I want to see him try and get in contact with his other son. Now, that there yes. might be a roadblock there if, as far as what the involvement of the other son's, uh, you know, other half of the family wants to be involved in the show. Mm-hmm. So that might be the roadblock with getting there, but I would like to see that. I would like to see that real like storyline come into play because I feel like mostly everything else is kind of fluff and has just a certain level of truth to it. So, question for you: Binium is on cameo. How much do you think Binium would cost you? Oh boy, just Binium by himself. Binium solo. I'm going to say sixty. You are putting a higher price on him, uh, $50. Still oh, a big, okay. mo- still a decent chunk of money. Probably about $49 more than I would pay. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. He, he's the, he's getting, he, I'm sure he's getting that money. Is there any like reviews or is there any like, uh, tell you how many cameos he's gotten? Uh, he's got a decent, I'm seeing a decent amount here. Would you like to hear one potentially? Oh yes, for sure. Let me see if I've got this set up. All right. I don't have it set up. So unfortunately I can't, I can't share it right now. Um, well, that's but, the first thing I'll be doing when I get off the phone with you. There we go. Sounds good. Yeah, no, I'm seeing one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I'm seeing at least eight cameos. So he's done that's enough it. where he has 68 reviews, okay. five star, five star. It's all five stars from the looks of it. He's doing a good job. Okay, good, good, good. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm happy he's getting, he's getting some shine at least. Uh, I don't know what his UFC uh, career will be like, um, <laughs> but you know, at least he's if got there will be one for him. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking at some of the other uh, 90-dayers on here, and his price is relatively modest given some of the other people's uh, chargings here. So, you know, good on him. I don't see... I thought him and Ari would have a shared one, but I can't seem to find it. They might. I just might not be seeing it here. Um, yeah, I can only imagine what a Binium cameo is like. Yeah, so I'm looking at it here. Some of the, uh, this season's P, uh, uh, cast members... Uh, Jibri- Kara's got to be on there, right? Uh, I will check in a second. Jibri, 35 bucks. Okay. Jibri, uh, 35 for bucks. Him, I think for, mm-hmm. for what he probably expects himself to be. Well, that's the thing. Miona's also 35, but they have a, a couple one that's uh, more. That one is $60. Yeah. It shouldn't shock anybody that they're on Cameo yeah. or already trying to cash in. Um, Shaid is $35. Oh, okay. Interesting. So you got that. Um, I can will we just see her. Can we have a cameo with this? Her awkwardly like putting her hand on counters, like she was the other episode, <laughs> like <laughs> awkwardly trying to find positions to stand or sit in. Yeah, no, it's it's um. Oh my god, I don't see. That's the thing with cameo. It's like it's fascinating. Rob got me one from flipping Ben last season. Yeah. So like, Rob, love me more. Like, what is this? What are you doing to me? Why? 
Um, uh, Thais costs thirty nine dollars for Thais. Okay. She's she's in the modeling realm, so I'm not surprised she's uh, made one for herself. Uh, Jason, yes, sir, Muhammad sir. is on Cameo. Okay, thirty five dollars again. I feel like it's the standard rate if you're new to the franchise. It's thirty five bucks. He doesn't have a last three reviews. They're all five stars, of course. Um, would you like to hear one of these cameos? Of course. Of course. All right. So uh, would you like one that's hashtag? So they tag them with what the occasion is. There's a hashtag birthday. There's a hashtag other. Well, which one would you like to test out? Got to be other. Other it is. All right. Well, let's play this one. Hello, Jacob. Surprise. It's Muhammad from 90 Day Beyonce. And I just wanted to let you know that your cats, Zos and Apollo, miss you. And your sweet Jordan misses you as well. I am sure that they will be happy to see you when you get back. And if you miss them, FaceTime them and talk to them to see how they react. And it might be kind of cool. Say hello to Zos and Apollo and Jordan for me. I love those names. I hope the time goes by fast and you can get home soon. All right. $35. A lot of beep, boop, boops, beep, boops, all machine language for there. Oh, my God. So, you know what I just realized that I'm actually sad about is if he's doing these cameos and it's, you know, we're in 2022 modern. Does this mean they're together? Come on, it can't it can't mean that. I think I think he can at least so. do that. I mean he can't set up a bidet, but he could set up a cameo. I don't know. Oh my god, I am not ready. Okay. Oh well, maybe, hopefully not. Anyway, okay. So as I go to deal with that, okay, um Jason, thank you so much for for going through these couples with me. We are now we've hit about two hours here. Where can people find you? What else do you have going on? Let them know. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at J-A-Y-R-1-0-A-5. This is an interesting week for me. It's a week of kind of finales. Uh, we're talking about the last episode of the season for Married at First Sight, me and my co-host, Asia Welch. Uh, so you can find me there on the uh, Rob Has a Podcast for Happy Ups Network. Um, we always have fun with the seasons. You don't even need to watch the show to follow along with, with our podcast. We break it all down for you. you have a great time over there. I'm also wrapping up coverage on This Is Us. Uh, over on Post Show Recaps with uh, my co-host Marissa Garza, we're actually doing a retrospective on the series this week as our last uh, podcast episode because the last episode of the series uh, happened last week, and we did a podcast on that. But we're talking about the series as a whole, what we mm-hmm. liked, what we didn't like, all that good stuff. Uh, so that's where you can find me for right now. Anything else coming up? You can find on my Twitter page. I'll be promoting it there. Amazing. Thank you so much, Jason. Um, y'all can find me on Twitter at Puya. I mean, find me on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Puya. I do stream three, four times a week. I am streaming my second ever 24 hour stream this Sunday, June 5th. So if you're around midnight to midnight, I will be there. Come through. Would appreciate the hellos, of course, as I try and make it through a full 24 hour stream once again. Um, last week was actually my week of finales, Jason, where I talked Mass Singer finale with Liana. Season seven's done. That coverage is out there. I, of course, talked about the circle finale with Taryn and Chantel. That is also available for you to listen to. And on top of that, Liana and I co-hosted the BNB while Mike was gone for the penultimate episode of Survivor. That is a couple of weeks old now, but it is gold if you want to hear that. That is available for you. Other than that, we're riding the Big Brother off season. 
and 90 days delivering. So I am happy that I can keep this journey going. But for now, we have reached the destination. And last but not least, if you would please leave a rating or review for this podcast, I would very much appreciate it. You can find that over on robswebsite.com slash 90 day fiance. That is, of course, the number nine, number zero day fiance. Any bit of feedback does help me. It helps people find the podcast. I would appreciate that from you for sure. I will be back next week on the Hot Mess Express to talk about episode number eight. But for today, we are done. I hope you have a lovely week. Take care. Have a good one. Bye. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.